Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Good, bad, good, bad, good, bad, good. All right, welcome back to Good Card, Bad Card, episode five. Oh, my God. I have a feeling somewhere in the distance, Matt uh, Matt Willis is absolutely killing himself with laughter. Hey, wasn't it funny when I suggested to Graham we should try, like, different cards or something? Oh, my God. He's taking me so far out of my comfort zone today. I I am genuinely worried. Dan, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing very well, mate. Very well, as usual. We can blame uh, the magnificent one for, uh, for getting you into shenanigans. And I'm more than happy to provide as ever. Yeah, I, I'm kind of wondering, was this an inside job, YouTube? Hey, wouldn't it be funny if we got Graham to talk about... Now, i got to pull up my notes. I'm not even sure I can pronounce this correctly anyway. Uh, G-U-U cards? Am I even close? I have no idea. <laughs> Yu-Gi-Oh! Say that one more time for me. Yu-Gi-Oh! Yu-Gi-Oh! Did I even copy it down wrong? It looks like I got the syllables in the wrong order then, from what I'm looking <laughs> on here. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Graham cannot copy-paste. Um, <laughs> apparently, I can't. No, I have G-I-Y-U-U-H, so I must have copied it down in the wrong order then. I know yeah, you I got the, you got the my first eldest, and, and he pronounced it straight away. <laughs> yeah, okay, so I, I, I couldn't even type it down properly. I don't know why I wouldn't have used cut uh, This was something, when you suggested it to me, I was like, this is brilliant. This is exactly what Matt Willis was talking about. This is something that I know nothing about at all. This sounds like the perfect opportunity to find out about it. And um, I think my comment to you was, I need to find out enough so I can have a conversation with you, but not too much, um, because otherwise there's nothing to ask you. <sighs> it, it was a bit of a challenge. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that I gave myself, I think we, I think we set this up about two, three weeks ago. And I kind of dipped my toe in gradually. I, I was excited to begin with, because I was like, great, that means I can get some new cards. I can go shopping, I can look to find something cool. And then I was like, I need more than that. I actually need to know what these are. And um, yeah, I think this is going to be very disjointed. I'm not sure my questions are going to make sense. I'm, I'm going to be looking. I'm going to be kind of picking up on uh, facial cues from you to try and figure out. Does he even know what he's talking about here? Like, is this the dumbest question I've ever been asked? And um, well, the good thing is yeah. with, with Yu-Gi-Oh, my knowledge finishes in about 2004. Okay. <laughs> I only really watched the uh, the first sort of couple of seasons uh, of the anime when I was uh, when I was a sort of quite young and then going into a teenager. Um, so essentially, it became. I was always into sort of Pokemon uh, yeah. and, and and the games and, and with the games come the cards. Wasn't enthralled yeah. with the Pokemon card game, but then found Yu-Gi-Oh on Nickelodeon, and when you see the monsters and the trap effects and the spell cards and the power ups. And especially with with that style of artwork, I was just like, right, I'm in. <laughs> yeah, like that that was kind of the way. Well, I think that's probably what lulled me into a false sense of security. Like, I don't know much about Pokemon, but I kind of get the idea. Like, Mason collected those. Like, I, I understand that. I understand the idea for that. And we did Pokemon on the go or whatever it was called five or six years ago on the phone. Like, I was like, okay, I kind of got this. And then in my head, I was like, well, if I can understand that, I'm sure I'll be able to understand this as well. Uh, I, I don't know if that's true, but um, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you go first. What have you got as your good card for me? Well, before I get to the good card, just a little bit of background for anybody who doesn't know. The basic premise of the card game is you have three types of cards: monster, magic, and trap. The monsters are have attack and defense points. You 
play them to battle each other. You have to start with a set amount of life points. So say I play something with a thousand attack points, my opponent plays something with two thousand, I lose a thousand life points. You following? I, I am, and I'm 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 worried already because now you you're kind of stealing all my notes, which I kind of put in strategic places. So I got little things in here. So I, I and there might be follow-up questions coming later. Um, I know one thing straight away because I in my head I equated it to uh, top trumps. That, that's what I figured it was. I was like, you look who's got one number, you look who's got the other number, whoever's got the higher number wins. And then I quickly realized, oh, it's not like that at all. That That's part of it. But there's it is more part to of it, it yeah. Um, to be honest, a lot of it goes, especially with the newer versions, which will come into play in my bad card. Um, it's gone through so many generations and, and improvisations and, and additions that I have I'm completely lost with the modern sort of style of cards. So I just thought I'd show you an example. Uh, obviously, this is great for uh, for audio. Uh, first off, I've got a trap card, which is quite a famous one in the series. It's called Call of the Haunted. If you'll be able to see that, the light's not great here. Uh, I can just about. Oh yeah, I can see yeah. some gravestones. I think. Yeah. So when a monster gets destroyed, it goes to the graveyard. This, you, if, it, if that happens, and then you flip this card over, you can bring that back onto the field of play. Now, that was one of the things that I saw. So when yeah. I started looking for the the download the rules, I was like, perfect, this will be good. It took me like five clicks to get even close. Um, and then there was 55 <laughs> pages of rules. I'm like, okay, this is not a kid's game, obviously. Like, kids need something to get them started quickly. There was a lot of stuff in this. One of the quotes it said was, um, it says it's not simply a slugfest. And that's when I realized that it wasn't just, okay, I got a higher attack than you, so I'm going to win automatically. The fact that you can play other cards in combinations to yeah. nullify that or to, I don't know, boost my own ad in some way. I'm not quite sure how that part worked. That's where I was starting to get a little confused. But I could go, I could break it down into every single phase of play, but it, then I'd even bore myself. So, <laughs> so I'm not going to do that. Um, I do have another. Uh, so that's essentially on a turn, you can play one monster. Okay. But you can play an unlimited amount of trap or magic cards. Uh -huh. So say I play a monster but we're a little bit into the game and I want one back from the graveyard, I could play this one, which is Monster Reborn. Oh, okay. Again, quite a famous one. That brings another card back onto the field of play. And I chose this one just for the name and the artwork. This is an example of a monster, and it's called the Super Nimble Mega Hamster. I seem to remember seeing one. I, I remember looking at one of those. Um, <laughs> I have only have my specific cards, but I actually bought a few lots. Um, so there was like, I don't know, not massive. They were like five to seven cards. And I was like, well, from that, I can pick out something that catches my attention. But I do remember seeing something with a hamster. And it was like a soup. The, the, the descriptions on the eBay page are really interesting. Like, I thought it was just kind of talk to make it sound like more impressive. But there was things like super rare and then ultra rare. or th I don't know. There was a lot of different uh, phrases they used. But then it sounded like super rare sounded like it was a legit thing. Yeah, apparently so. I only found that out as well when I was bidding on some lots to uh, just to see if I could get something cool to talk about on the show. Yeah. Instead, I've I've gone to um, actually years ago when I decided I was too cool for Yu-Gi-Oh cards anymore. I actually threw my original deck away. <gasps> no. And I've realized I've realized yeah, or if I've not thrown it away, I cannot find it full of no money. Um, and I was very gutted when I realised that in lockdown because I started watching the anime again. Yeah. 
Um, so I've lost a lot of the, my favourite cards from the from the classic series, like the Blue Eyes White Dragon and, and things like that. But there's always sort of an Egyptian element to the show. And in the second series, they introduced the Egyptian God cards, which eventually became a, a foundation deck sort of starter. So they're not rare or anything like that. Um, but this is but good, this is getting to my good card. My previous, uh, my favourite of all time is Blue Eyes White Dragon. And that was the most powerful thing in series one. Okay. And then along come the Egyptian god cards, one of them being Obelisk the Tormentor there, which is not... I can see it. Trying to get a better light for you. I can see it, yep. Yeah, so that's like a, a, thousand, hit, a thousand points more powerful than the, uh, than the previous most powerful card in the game. And mm. just to have this, and it's holographic, and ultimately again just the artwork just really yeah. draws you in. Like this, this, this little hamster, this little hamster guy is just mad. It's like it's just a really big, fat, fluffy hamster with anime hair and glowing eyes and a green tongue. It's like it looks a bit like George Steele, to be honest. <laughs> but that's the thing that I appreciate in the cards. Like, I'm not always buying the most expensive cards. When I'm going to a card, now I've started going to card shows with the boys. Like, the boys have things in mind that they're looking for. Or Mason does, anyway. He knows particular footballers he's looking for or particular teams. I'm going, I'm looking, do I like the look of the card? Mm-hmm. And yeah. I'm probably paying over the odds on some things. But I don't care. Like, if it's a card that I think looks nice and it's at a price that I think is reasonable, uh, I'm paying for it. And that was kind of what I did with some of these. I was looking at the names or I was looking at the artwork. And if it's something that's, like, I'm not going to play the game with the amount of cards that I have. But I like having it as part of my collection just because of, like you say, the the artwork. Some of the hologram effects on them are really... A lot of these cards, they kind of look like what I would consider special cards for baseball. Like the limited yeah. edition ones. Like they look they look visually appealing. They've got that glossy element to them. They've got the, the refractor thing on them as you're trying to show them, as you're trying to show it with the light and the hologram. Yeah. Like all that stuff, I think it looks cool. So Yeah, and that's, that's precisely it. You know, it's what hooked me as a kid. It's what's kept me engaged as an adult and kept me going back. Um, it just, just from an artistic point of view and a stylistic point of view just blows something like Pokemon out of the water for me mm-hmm. and you know it, as a, it, it's just a reminder of, of kind of just a happier time because it, it never really took off in my area didn't Yu-Gi-Oh mm. the only people I sort of really had to play with were uh, it was only on sort of very rare occasions were, were my brother and the kid who lived next, uh, lived next door until he turned out to be a bad loser and flipped out. But that's another story. <laughs> so there's the parallels with the... Monopoly, then. Is that what you're saying? It can be a frustrating uh, Well, no, it, well, it doesn't take that long if, if you get, you know, if, you, if you've got two people who know roughly what they're doing, it either becomes a stalemate or it ends very quickly. It's, mm-hmm. it's, that's more like a chess element, I'd say, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is there is a lot of strategy in it. Obviously, it's a random draw when you shuffle the deck. Um, and I'm a sucker for a deck building, any sort of deck building game. Right now, I'm addicted to Marvel Snap on my mm. phone, and that's that's just digital images. And yet, I still want every variant of my favourites <laughs> up to the point that up to the point that I paid eight quid for one of the monthly season passes just so I could get multiple versions of the Silver Surfer. <laughs> oh my gosh. I know, I'm, I'm kind of hated myself for falling for the microtransactions, but there we go. It can definitely be addictive. I can definitely, if I look back on my eBay transactions, I'm like, did I really buy that much stuff? I'm like, oh, I guess I did. I guess that's why those boxes of stuff are starting to... Uh, delete history. 
Uh, yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's it's easily done. Now I'm going to show you my card, but I, there's a couple of things I had that you've kind of already talked about. So there was a couple of other things. Um, at the start of the game, it says you play rock, paper, scissors, or flip a coin. The winner decides to go first or second in the duel. For your next duels, the loser of the previous duel decides who goes first. Now, from my point of view, I couldn't figure out why would you want to go second. Like it sounds like if you're in control, you'd want to pick you. You want to be the person that's setting the tempo. So you'd be one the one that wants to pick the first card, wouldn't you? You can. It, do, it depends on deck setup, really, and, and how you sort of structure it. Because there are so many different effects. Um, the person who goes first can't attack first. Okay. Because otherwise, it, essentially, you'd be laying a monster down, and the other person is defenseless. Okay. So you have, if you're going first, you have to decide whether to lay a monster in a state fit to attack, mm-hmm. or set or set to defend. If you set to defend your life points are protected. If you're set to attack, you're vulnerable. Okay, so if, I, if for example, like, so you said that super, the card that you picked is your good card, like, it's got the massive amounts of attack points. Like, you wouldn't want to play that first, because otherwise I would just pick out, like, my shittiest card, right? Like, okay, I'm just going to, you, you're going to win against me, but you're not getting anything good out of it. Am exactly. I oversimplifying it? Um, kind of. I mean, there's there are also rules in place that you can't summon two powerful cards straight off the bat. Okay. Um, because otherwise it would just be too easy. You know, I could draw a obelisk in my opening hand, just mm-hmm. go 4,000 points, screw you, game over, and then it's no fun for anybody. Okay. But if I drew, say I drew something like the, the Mega Hamster, which might possibly be my new favourite. I didn't know that was in the deck until I looked through it. Um, this guy's got 1,100 attack points, which isn't overly strong, mm-hmm. but has 1,800 defence points, which for a card I can summon straight away. It's pretty good, so I could put that in uh, to defend if I was going first or second, and then build the build sort of a force around that. Okay, so if you lose a battle, then is that game over? If once your life points have gone, yep, game over. Oh, okay, so that would make sense then why you can't just play that as your first card. Or if yeah. you did, you might not have enough other traps or whatever the other cards. Now, when I was looking, I could have sworn that one of the things I bid on was. See, I was looking for connections back to wrestling. I could have sworn yeah. there was a card called Maven. And then when I looked through my collection, I couldn't find anything. I, I tried looking through that handbook to see if I could find any reference to Maven, and I could not find anything. So what's Maven, then? There are so many cards, I have no idea. Oh, uh, okay. Let me just see if I that can That might be just an individual card or something. But I saw someone had one on eBay, and I don't think I'd bid for it, because I think at that point I already I was like, I already got enough cards, I don't need to buy any more. But I was like, I wish I'd seen that one first. It's actually a, a, a construction deck, uh, Magnificent Mavens. Oh, okay. Is the name of the uh, the sort of the starter deck, if you like. Oh, so it's, it's, not, not, a, it's not an individual card. Deck. No, I think Magn- I think Magnificent Mavens. They're normally named after characters, but if it's in the later series, I I will have any idea who they are. Unfortunately, yeah, yeah that's all I can find. That's not what I picked as my good card. <laughs> What I picked as my good card was, and I'm blocking my screen now, so I'm with my notes, so I'm not sure if you can actually <laughs> see this right now or not. Uh, it's, uh, it looks like a fusion monster card. This is a trap card. Uh, this oh, is right. called Numbers Protection. I was like, well, I can't... Oh, I heard of this. oh, hold on. Now I can... Oh, yeah, I can kind of see the problem. It's, oh, gosh, this is really blurry. 
I thought some of yours were blurry earlier when you were showing me. This just, oh, it was there for like a fraction of a second. I think it's like a big Backgrounds on that kind of blurs everything. Yeah, I, I think, think it's getting caught in the background. That. Put it in front of your face. I mean, like closer. Oh, there to we it. go. And then move closer to the screen. There you go. You um, can see screenshot. It. You can see it a little bit there. Numbers protection. I was like, as the mathematician, I was like, this card instantly stood out to me straight away. So this is a trap card. And the other thing that really annoyed me as I started looking at it, I was like, I've complained about this. Lot. The writing on this is so small. Now, I'm getting on a bit in years as Matt Willis continually oh. like remind me. But the, the writing on this, it's got to be like font six or something. I'm like, this is definitely a young person's game. Like, I'm struggling to read on this. Um, I can see after a spell trap card or monster effect is activated while you can... Like, I can read it, but it's like, it's not the easiest thing. Like, I'm not holding it at like way at arm's length or anything to read. But it is definitely difficult to uh, uh, to read it. But it was uh, it was the picture as well. It was definitely the yeah. picture on it. I was like, I think that's a really cool kind of uh, kind of imagery on it. And um, part of the, while I was looking through this, like I know I was like, I can't talk about the card for too long because I don't know anything about the card. <laughs> um, but I can talk about things that are generally what we would consider good cop moments if I was on my other podcast. And um, one of the things I saw about this is in the instructions, there was like two pages you can go. You can go to regular instructions or there was one for if you're a parent and your son or son and daughter wants to play, what do you need to do? I was like, that's really cool. That they've gone to the effort to kind of give some more information for people who want it. And oh, oh, here we go. I said. I can move my notes around for a second. I thought I was going to have to go with that notes. So one of the questions was, uh, parents frequently ask questions. How can I talk to my child about being a good sport? Uh, duelists are always expected to show good sporting conduct. Well, it sounds like your neighbor didn't read this section at all. Uh, wins and losses should be given with good spirits and congratulations to the opponent, no matter what the duelists age. Uh, when they are starting out, they shouldn't be discouraged or focused on losses. Uh, but rather learn from each duel and think about enjoying the game. Talk to your child beforehand about good sporting conduct. Discuss how to be gracious in wins as well as losses. Games are meant to be fun. I was pretty impressed with mm. that. The fact that they went to the trouble of actually using it as a, a teaching moment. And as a teacher as well, I really kind of uh, appreciated that side of it as well. But yeah, I spent a long time looking through their website. And there, like I said, there was a lot of different links that you could plink. You could have easily spent a whole day looking through their website. But um, I yeah, didn't I know if that existed. There, there's a lot. There's a lot. I, I did start on the regular side first, but then I was like, well, as a parent as well, like I can, like I know when Mason started doing Pokemon, I, I don't remember if there was anything available or not, but I think it was just you kind of had to pick it up as you went along. Uh, but I like the fact that they actually that the company did go to the trouble of putting stuff out there for parents, trying to explain yeah. it in simpler terms what the game's about, so you can actually show an interest in what your kids actually doing. So. Yeah, and I need the simplified rules as well. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going to say, I, I definitely have some things that I didn't like, which I'll talk about when we get to our next cards, but perhaps that's the time to transition them. So what have you got as your as a fan of this? I don't know how this is going to be necessarily a bad card for you, but go ahead. What's your bad card? Well, here's the problem. As I said before, this game has gone through so many different iterations and so many developments or versions of it. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to go for one of these rare, super rare packs that I found on Amazon. Just a random chance. Yeah. I might pick up something cool, you know, something powerful, something I've never seen before. Well, the, the never seen before was about right. Because see, all the, all, every single card in that pack, every monster card was way outside of my knowledge. So oh. 
I just want to show you this first. I've got the Wandering Griffin Rider, which is actually a card I can use because I do roughly understand it. But I just liked it because it's got my name on it. Well, that's cool. It's got even got now that one's got to be calling out to you. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But just wanted to show that off. But then this one. So it's called Goki the Great Ogre. And it's a Warrior Link effect card. And before I show you the eye, it's got an attack power of 2600, which is very good in the game. Yeah. Yep. And normally after that, you'd have your defense points. Uh, all it says after it is link three. What does that mean? I have no idea. Oh, I was going to say, like, I saw that but there it was looks cool. defense points. That's the best view I've had of any card so far. So, oh, I see it the there. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, so it says Link 3, and it's annoying because it is really cool artwork. It's holographic, yeah. and I can see it's an Earth type, it's a warrior type, so I can, and even the effect I kind of get. But I've got this really powerful card, and unless I'm just going to throw it out there and say put it in attack mode and hope for the best, yeah. um, I'm screwed. <laughs> <laughs> Did any of your other cards have Link on them at all? Yeah, a bunch of them, and some of them were XYZ monsters, which I've never seen. And I have heard of XYZ the... monsters. I did see that. I do remember seeing that. Yeah, completely outside of my uh, <laughs> my comfort zone with this game. So, is um, a Link Three a good thing in itself? Like, is that something you know. like? Oh, okay. Like, I'm just wondering <laughs> what the other ones were. Like, if all the other ones were like one and two, then could you play was, like play this can... one as a Link Three? There were some Link Twos and a couple uh -huh. more Link Threes. But other than that, it doesn't even have, like, on Obelisk the Tormentor and on the Griffin Rider, they have a star rating. So Obelisk is one of the most powerful in the game. It's a 10-star. 10-star yeah. rated. This Griffin Rider is 7-star rated. There isn't even a star rating on the Great Ogre. So there's no point of reference for how good or bad that is in reference to any of the other cards. So I, I didn't spend a vast amount on the, on the little pack that I bought. But at the same yeah. time, I was like, well, I've spent money for... Almost nothing, because at least I get to talk about it and rag on it with you. <laughs> I didn't even think of looking on Amazon. I, I just thought I'm going straight to eBay because I, I can buy like a couple of cards, fairly cheap. And like I said, in the end, I did see some lots. So I was like, well, I'll get those. But then I did see on afterwards for Amazon. They're, they're fairly inexpensive. I didn't think yeah. there was too much. I think the one I saw on Amazon was like, I don't know, it's like $11 or something like that or £11. I was like, that's not too bad. That's not too yeah, bad. I, to I, 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 paid, I paid six quid for, I think, 20 cards. Which is fine. Like I said, I don't, I don't mind investing that a little bit. At least the art's cool to look at. But, but oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Don't regret the artwork. Just if I ever wanted to play the game again, no idea how to use them. Unless I play, I've actually got one of the um, one of the video games installed on my laptop because I've mm -hmm. done uh, digital versions of these, which is a lot of fun because you play through the uh, the stories of the series. I just haven't got to the latest series yet. And as you play, as you play through, you get access to all the characters' decks, um, any extra cards given to you, and you can build your own decks and play through the gate, through the seasons with your own deck and stuff like that. So that's uh, that's a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Now, as sometimes happens on Good Cop Bad Cop, we have to pick things that are bad that aren't really bad, but it's like I got to pick something that's bad. So you manage to. Somehow shoehorn it in as bad. Um, I'm going to put this one in as as my bad card, but it's not really. It's, I don't think it's a bad card at all. Um, let me see if I can get this one. Uh, let me see if I can get to show this one. So I think if I put it in front of my face, that seems to work a little bit better. I don't know if you can see this at all. I don't know if you can. I can make out the castle. Oh, that's, okay. actually, in, that's actually in Japanese. 
Ah, so you can tell what I wanted you to see. So I was like, well, you're obviously going to be the expert on this. So let me try and pick out something that you might not for. Um, these are actually Korean. So I'm not oh, sure right. what the uh, original country is. Where it, I, I assumed it was Japan, but I'm not sure. And I saw these Korean cards. And I was like, well, that'll be interesting to use. Um, well, they would. But how the heck could I play them in a game? Because I have no idea what this says on here. <laughs> uh, so I looked at it. I was like, it was Japanese manga originally. Oh, it was? Okay. And if I was being picky, technically it's not very good because this lot, I got two of them. They gave me repeats. <laughs> now, actually, the other one that I got as well from the same set, which is also in Korean as well, I got a couple of spares. So if ever I get the chance, Dan, um, I have a couple oh, wait, of cards what? for you since I got spares. You might recognize the pictures, possibly. I don't know. I was just wondering if that... It looks kind of like an alternate blue eyes. Uh, the, I have no idea. I'm, my career is very weak. I've got to add. Oh, and it's only it's only a, it's only a five star as well, so it won't be a blue it, eyes. Yeah, it's got five stars. In. Like I can see the stars thing because that doesn't require any uh, reading. Now, actually, the attack thing <laughs> on the bottom I can see because that's actually in English. So whatever that thing is that you said it was, um, it has attack of fifteen hundred and a defense of nine hundred. So it's I guess in theory, I could probably I could probably look through the internet and type in that, and I could get back what it was. And the other card that I had, I don't think has those numbers because I'm guessing it's a different type of card. I'm guessing it's either a trap card or whatever the other card was. Uh, there's a, see yeah, where that's, that a, that's a magic card. That's a magic um, card. It looks but, like it might. It looked there was something on there actually. Is there a monster in on the in the top left on the ramparts of the um, on the ramparts of the castle? Uh, everything is in Korean at the top. No, I mean on the actual no, on the actual picture. Oh, is on the that, actual picture. Yeah, on that, the actual picture. Is that is that like a monster or, or some sort of contraption on top of the castle? Uh, there is some sort of contraption. I can't tell exactly what it is. One, there's looks like there's a missile coming from the main kind of entrance. It looks like there's a cannon on top, and then I don't know what that other thing is. It looks like something's pointing straight down at the ground, but it's kind of difficult oh. to. Well, that's I not. Was just that. kind of, yeah, that's good. I was just kind of hoping it was catapult turtle, which is just an awesome card. It is literally a card that you play this catapult turtle monster, and uh -huh. you can have and you can have it launch. One of your monsters over the end over your opponent's defenses right at the life points. And I just remember that seeing the, seeing that in the anime, and even as a kid, just thinking this is so stupid. It's brilliant because in the anime they're playing this card game, but it's every everybody has a, like a wearable holographic projector. Mm. So you have jewels in the middle of the street, and somebody just whacks a card down, and here's this giant hol uh, hologram of a dragon. <laughs> Now, some of my bad moments to go with this, um, it says everything you need to start playing is in the deck. I was like, well, that's helpful, obviously. If you're going to start playing a game, you need everything that you need. Uh, but there are thousands more cards to choose from. So collecting additional cards in booster packs will let you customize your deck and increasing your chances of winning. Now, I'm putting this as a bad moment right now. This sounds like if you're rich, you're going to win. <laughs> the more money you um, spend on this game, the better you're going to be. I, I don't know if that's true or not, but that's yeah, how I interpreted be. that. Oh, rich person next door can be suddenly like, well, I'm just going to drop an extra 20 quid and I'm going to buy this special card. And then, haha, Mr. Griffin, you can't beat me now because I but, have this card. But, you know, the funny thing is that actually plays out in the in the show. In the oh, it does? Yeah, because there's a couple of the more villainous characters um there's a guy called kaiba who's the owner of this corporation but he, he his corporation 
invested heavily and made the made dual monsters popular uh-huh. um, and all of this. And then there's the the big bad, who's a guy called Pegasus in the first series. He's the guy who actually invented the game, but needed the financial backing. Mm-hmm. So that, but he has access to every single card. Kaiba has access to almost every single card, and they're kind of like the hurdles that the heroes have to get by. Okay. So, so it is possible God. to beat people though who have the extra cards. Then there is uh, some skill to this as well. It's if, not yeah. Game. If if you have the right deck set up and the right strategy, you can take down anything. Because in the in the in the first season of the show, um, the whole there's a big thing around the main character Yugi and his rivalry with Kai because Yugi's just this kid yeah. who happens to have a really good deck that his grandfather built up, mm. and he goes on a big mission to save his granddad's soul and, and all this. You know. All of that stuff, all of that good means. But in the when the Yugi and Kaiba meet for the second time, Kaiba has his ultimate monster, the, all three of his blue eyes, white dragon melded together, and it's ultra powerful. And part of Yugi's strategy strategy to beat it involves the weakest card in the game. Just and, and that can play out in in real life as well if you have the right cards and the right strategy. It doesn't matter how much you spend on them, you can you can win. Okay, so there are ways to win just without spending all that. When I first read that, I was like, come on. This tells me that basically it's like, hey, you're not going to win if you just got this set. You've got to spend more money on this. I'm like, yeah. as, a, as a business model, I was like, that's brilliant because you're going to spend yeah. more money. But I was like, oh, as a player, a, I was like, come on. That kind of sucks. If someone spends more than me, they win. Now, the other part that was bad for me, and I don't specifically... I heard you mention some things within this, but I didn't hear you specifically mention this. There's three decks... It says there's the main deck where you've got 40 to 60 cards um, and you can have certain copies of the same card in the deck. There's an extra deck which had those XYZ monsters. That's why I remembered that phrase. Uh, Synchro monsters and fusion monsters. And then there's a side deck. Uh, This is a separate deck of cards you can use to change your deck during a match. After each duel in a match, you can swap any card from your side deck with a card from your side deck and or extra deck to customize your strategy against your opponent. The number of cards in your side deck must not exceed 15. Um, that sounds like that's a lot of setting up. My head hurts. <laughs> um, that, that's that's way beyond the way that I learned to play the game. Like, uh, so I, I learned the old school way where um, the fusion monsters were in your deck. And uh, you, but if you have a fusion monster, you have to have the two or three monsters that make up the component elements and an extra card specifically designed to fuse them together. Yeah. So that was the way I did it. But with the fusion deck, I'm only loosely aware of because of playing the video game. Uh-huh. The other two, not a clue. Oh, okay. So that was in the, that was in when I was reading through that handbook. Now, the other thing that was really confusing as I was reading through, but you've explained this, so I, I, I know what it is, and I know what it is because I carried on reading. Um, it said in the thing, LP changes quickly during a duel. It is smart to use a calculator to keep track of your LP. During important duels, you should track your LP on paper as well to be extra careful. Um, nowhere did it explain what LP was. It wasn't until page 32 <laughs> that I saw that LP was life points. I'm like, what the hell's LP? Like, nowhere could I see that on the card. Nowhere was it explained. And I was like, these are supposed to be helpful things to get you started. So that was clearly a, a bad what moment. Is, Whoever was organizing what? their notes did not put it in a good idea. Like, you could have ex- you've used LP three times in two sentences, and you never explained what LP was. I'm like, that that's amazing. It may as well have been loose pomegranates. 
Yeah, no, at this point, I was getting, I was like, I have more questions and answers at this point. Like, I'm trying to scramble to write things down. I'm like, well, oh, well, that's fine. I was like, I don't, it doesn't make sense to me. So I'm putting it in my bad section and then I can uh, try. Because that was one point that was going to be my question. I was like, what the hell is LP? And then as I kept reading through, uh, trying to find out more, I found out on, yeah, page 32 out of 55 was the first time they explained LP. That was one of the first things that you said as we started talking when you were like, hold on a second, before I get to my card, let me just explain a little bit about the rules. That was yeah. in one of your first sentences that you explained. So, um, yeah, whoever's right in this stuff, um, you might want to go back and kind of revisit that. I think the order of things, uh, you could definitely make it a lot clearer, that's for sure. Yeah, it's kind of crucial to know what you're actually, what the stakes are and what you're actually playing for. <laughs> Um, I, I was like, I'm, I'm tired of. I'm in a in a in my profession, the number of acronyms we get is ridiculous. Like, as soon as there's the new buzz idea, it's going to have an acronym, and I'm forever going, "What's that stamp?" Nobody else will say anything. Everyone will just kind of nod their head. And I was like, "What is that?" Like, I have no idea what it was. And when I saw that, I was like, "This is cringeworthy to me." And I was thinking, for young kids as well, that would be my first question: like, what the hell is an LP? If I'm trying to learn how to play the game and you don't even explain what an LP is, um. But yeah, um, I was wondering, do you really need a calculator? Are kids' math skills that um, bad? I don't know. Probably now. I know my mental arithmetic, uh, mental arithmetic skills have decreased rapidly, but not not subtracting from 4,000. But it <laughs> but looked it, like most of the numbers were in the 100. It was like 2,000. I saw cards like 2,200, 2,300. Like they seem like the fairly bad. Goes. They don't have anything like in the 362 or anything crazy. I, or if they did, I didn't see anything like that. No, it's in the 50s. But the thing is, you can play cards that you can lose life points and then flip a trap card over and that increases your life points. Uh, okay. so, if you, so if you're trying to keep track of plus, there kind of has to be transparency between players. Mm -hmm. So if you have it on a piece of paper right there and because if you're trying to track your own life points and your opponents, it helps to have a readout or a display or some or just something okay. where you can look over and just go, you've got that many. I need to take that out. I've got this, you know, I've got this amount of attack power in my deck, in my hand. How do I work this out? All right. I know I, I, if there's anything else you want to talk about in relation to these cards, please. Now is definitely the time, because I think when we get to our wild cards, we're going to we're leaving this topic, right? We're going to talk about something completely different. Yeah, we're, we're going completely left field. The only other thing I'd say is if you have if you have any sort of even passing interest in Egyptian mythology, this is not actual history or, myth or you know, anywhere, but it is loosely tied into that. And it mm -hmm. makes for a lot of great artwork and a lot of great imagery, imagery and particularly in the second um, season of the show, um, because the, the most powerful card that comes into season two is called the Winged Dragon of Ra. Um, the two, one of the main characters and a couple of the others, have sort of spiritual and familial ties all the way back to you know to ancient Egypt, and it has like a nice sort of not time travel, but sort of time hopping around. Mm -hmm. Which, if you're a big sci-fi fan like I am, um, particularly like you know likes of Doctor Who and whatnot, then it's it's a good little anime. It's not too taxing on the brain. Um, it's just like a lot of like a lot of animes. Some of the sort of story arcs and the duels can take a, a little while to get going. It's not Dragon Ball Z long. But it can sometimes be three episodes to get one duel done. With all those references you just made, and I just suddenly realized sci-fi links to Egypt. I just remembered over the summer I bought like eight seasons of uh, Stargate because I remember nice. watching it in the early two thousands, and they were all they were all on sale for like five dollars. I'm like, yeah, I'll watch those. 
<laughs> nine months later i'm not even sure where i put them but i definitely need to, uh, i need to dig it's not something that was like time specific oh i must watch these in uh october 2022 uh yeah. but it suddenly just jogged my memory i was like oh yeah i need to get the symbols on the stargate i was like oh. yeah jog my memory i definitely i'm terrible with that i'll buy things i'm like oh i should watch this and then i totally forget about I it have, i have so many comics that i've never read so many <laughs> That's one that I found really difficult. Um, that's something that in general, when I came over here, I realized how quickly collectible um, comics were. And I tried to get into it and it just didn't hold any interest at all. Um, the only exception was I did buy a set of, this is probably about three years ago. So this is probably during COVID times. Um, I saw a set of 50 Star Trek comics and I was like, that might be the way I can get into it. Like the, the superhero thing, I like watching the films, but I'm not that deep into it. But Star Trek, I have a real interest in that. And same thing. How many of those have I read? Uh, I haven't read a single one yet. I, I kind of don't want to take the first one out because I'm like, that first one's probably super collectible. Like if I get my grubby paws <laughs> all over it and then start putting creases in it. So I don't know. Perhaps oh. I should start reading from episode two. I don't, I don't know. But yeah, they're sat in I'm, a box and I haven't read any of them yet. I was lucky enough to go to, Marvel, uh, to Marvel's Islands of Adventure in Universal Orlando the year it opened. Mm-hmm. And they had promotional comics for for the opening of the park. Nice, very cool. And I, my dad picked me one up, and it had, it had, I think I had like three or four comics inside. I've still got them somewhere, but again, I don't know where. I but they were plastic sealed, and they, and they will have made thousands probably. Sure. To to flog at an inflated price, but adult me is so mad at young, younger me for cutting into that with scissors. <laughs> oh, because I was just like, I've got yeah. comics. I want to read them from straight in, thumbing through them, and just like, oh god, they might have been worth, I don't know, about twenty quid. <laughs> well, that's what everybody did. Of course, you, what, what are you going to do with a comic? You're going to read it. So yeah, everyone, exactly. that's the whole point. Those people who are disciplined enough to think, ah, everyone's going to do that. I should actually just save this one. That that's def- where the money's at. But no one's going to definitely, do that. definitely not away from it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It does. It does, but still, I don't know. It was kind of like, oh, damn. All right, what you got for your wild card, then? Now, these... Sorry, I'm just opening, actually just opening the pack out. I actually went to a wrestling show over the weekend. I, I knew actually, eventually we'd get back to wrestling. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I went to ICW. We do. I went to ICW No Holds Barred, and it's their... I believe their first shows in England, and there were in Leeds, which isn't too far from me, and partnering with my local promotion, which is uh, which is Rise. And it was a great doubleheader of a day. They did four shows in three days, mostly deathmatch stuff, and it was incredible. But I went to the merch table and had a, you know, I had a budget in mind of I want to spend this much and no more just to keep everything on yeah. the level for the month. And I saw one of the u- most unique bits of merch I've ever seen. And they actually had trading cards produced for the tour. And they were only avail- they were available on the online store before they came over here, but only a, a set amount available on the day. Mm-hmm. And it has, I think, almost everyone who competed in a deathmatch on the tour. And one guy who was supposed to be on the tour but couldn't make it. So I'll just show you these now. These are the back. Uh-huh. It's got the logo, oh, the dates. Yeah, it was every day. Every day was sold out. So first off, oh, I don't recognise that person. 
That is session moth Martin. Oh, there we go. Now I can see. Oh, and I can see the writing now as well. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Yep. So session moth Martina. Akira. Oh, Akira. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Casey Kirk. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh, we got some good names there. Yeah. Uh, Casey Kirk actually she, uh, had two matches. One against uh, Danny Demanto and. The evening show is escaping me. It shouldn't really, but it was a long day. Uh, she was just fantastic to see live. I, I watched um, Casey on uh, in lockdown uh, when the American shows were up and running before the British ones in a an ill-fated promotion, shall we say, from the northeast. Um, but it was, it was great to see her and Brandon live. Um, got Castle Valentine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I recognise that name as well. Yeah, former Rise champion as well. Been over it quite a few times. Nice work. Uh, UK guy, Clint Margera. Okay. Yeah, he's, he's been in ICW a couple of times. Uh, I think XPW won him, making sort of a deathmatch name for himself. There's only a few more. Brandon Kirk, obviously. I was going to say, Kirk. surely if uh, yeah, Casey's there, Brandon's got to be there as well. Yep. Yeah. And then two UK guys. We've got Lou, uh, Lou Nixon, who just made his US debut this weekend, uh, gone. Okay. Been, been watching you know for where? a lot of years. Uh, it was XPW. Uh, okay. again, they, uh, him and uh, Big Joe both went out there, had like absolute travel hell and ended up having to fly out on the morning of the show. I'm not sure, but is XP, I don't know if you know, I think XPW is either New Jersey or New York. It sounds familiar. Uh, I can't honestly remember. Um, but I have a feeling, um, well, it wasn't last year, it was the year before. 2021, I went to uh, Pizza Party Wrestling, and on my way back, I was trying to find another show to go to, and I, I'm mm. pretty sure XPW was one of those that I looked at. And it didn't quite it didn't quite fit in with my schedule, mm. so I didn't go. But it's definitely, yeah, it's one of those names that I recognize, but... Can't quite. Yeah, I've, I've never, I've never watched one of the shows to be honest. Um, okay. but I wanted to uh, watch the one that Lou was on, but with all the wrestling this weekend, um, I'd already made my choice and watched Battle in the Valley. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can't say no to uh, Mercedes Monet's first match and Okada versus Tanahashi. <laughs> I nearly, I forgot about. It. I yeah, I wasn't, I was a little under the weather and I totally forgot about it. And uh, but it was only, it was only like nineteen dollars on fight, which I was like for an event like that, I would have expected that to be way more than that. So I, I mentioned to Matt, I was like, that might be one I actually pay for, and then I didn't even remember about it until I, <laughs> I saw the results and I was like, oh yeah. And I didn't even, yeah, I'd not even put two and two together. But yeah, and once again, I got my notification by email saying, hey, your fight um, subscription is about to renew again. I'm like, oh, crap. I always do that. Like, it comes at the end of the month. I'm like, shoot, I didn't watch anything. So I then make an effort to watch something so I get my money's worth and then forget about it until the next month's. Re- Thankfully, those shows, I, I consider them great value anyway. Like, if you can get a G- one GCW show uh, for $5 in a month, I consider that more than value. Um, compared to what they used Absolutely. to be. They used to be like thirteen ninety nine, I think they were. So $5 for one show, I, I'm quite happy with that. I actually watched, um, trying to think what it was, um, the, um, the Great Muda's last show. That was part of Fight Plus. I was like, great. I consider that great value for, for, um, for $5. It was after the event. It wasn't live. I don't know how much after right. the event it was, but I was like, I don't care. I was like, I considered that really good value. But yeah. I, I need to find that. <laughs> I keep missing out on things like that, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's a actually, lot of wrestling on. 
a lot of wrestling. Quick, a quick plug for that Fight Plus subscription. Um, UK promotion North Wrestling are going over to Fight. They do get a lot of imports over from America and places like that. They are, for my money, one of, if not the best wrestling promotion in the UK right now, if you get a chance. Um, but just for my last two cards, we've got Big Effing Joe. Oh, I recognise that name. I yes, have seen Big F and Joe. I don't um, remember where I've seen Big F and Joe, but I do. That name definitely springs out. To he me. wrestles for. He does a fair few death matches in America. He also wrestles for CXW, and I believe yeah. we both know one of the commentators. But that okay, that's where I recognise <laughs> him from. Then. It's from CXW. That's where I recognise him from. Then. Yeah. yeah. And finally, um, a guy who had to be, unfortunately be replaced at the last minute, but John Wayne Murdoch was the replacement. Oh, so, that was a good replacement. Holy crap, that's a great replacement right there. Yes, but we were supposed to be getting Matt Tremont. Oh, wow. That I would say that's kind of an equivalency right there. Matt, Matt Tremont probably has a, a bigger resume, but I think John Wayne Murdoch right now is kind of right at the front of Deathmatch Wrestling. So. Oh, definitely, yeah. Uh, that's, I think that's a fair trade-off. Yeah, and it was, like I said, it was a fantastic event. I've got a few friends who went to all four shows and said it was just absolutely unreal. I got to the two Saturday shows and just wow. Yeah. The 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 shit that those guys put their those people put their body through is just unreal. But great sort of showmanship with it. Like Casey Kirk again in particular came out to wrestle Danny DeManto and she had and for both matches she had a T shirt on that said I love making boys cry. Uh, if just, you were to look at her, if you didn't know and you just saw her, you would not have any idea what type of that she one she was a wrestler, uh, and two that she has those death matches as well. She, she's I was a, I was I was looking at her in the ring and just you see them perform, you see them wrestling, and you just think they they wrestle like the seven feet tall, mm-hmm. all of them, and, and Casey in particular. And then like I was. I'm a big guy, so I kind of struggle for space, especially in a packed crowd like it was. It really packed in in, in the yeah. Iger Studios. So I was just kind of stood in the doorway that you had to uh, go out to go out to the smoking area or to go to the gents. So I was just like constantly moving out of the way of people. And then like a couple of the wrestlers walked past me, and I'm just like, "How are you that small? <laughs> yeah, I've just I've just watched you like be like a kaiju kicking the tar out of each other. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. So four events. So was it Friday night, Saturday afternoon, Saturday yeah. evening, Sunday? Is that how it went? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it was. Um, they did. They were trying to do. They wanted to do Pit Fighter uh, on the Friday yeah. night, but the the pit wouldn't fit in the venue <laughs> and, and couldn't get it over. It's a bit uh, of a so, so it just became another um, another fight, another night of the chains. Uh, Rise had their their very first show was called the Violence Party. And that was on the Saturday afternoon. Um, that was that was another really really fun show. The opener was um, Casanova Valentine versus uh, an up and coming deathmatch guy of uh, in where I'm from around the Yorkshire area called B. A. Rose. Keep an ear to the ground for that name mm-hmm. because he is basically the Yorkshire Foley. Oh, okay. Yeah, I praise him. Absolutely. Indeed absolute mentors and then just like i said i've watched him for years from one of his first like shows not long after being a trainee i don't think up until now and he's just come on leaps and bounds and the punishment he can take because it's, it's all concrete steps in the eiger mm. and i've seen and it's up to the uh the sort of the dressing room and so you come down the stairs get in the ring and he's gone down at least half of those stairs backwards and head first oh shoot 
just for the just in the name of the game. And <laughs> it was yeah, he's unreal. Um, and then we had the the second night the second night of the chains on the Saturday, and the um, the final show was ICW versus Rise. Mm-hmm. So it was all Rise talent versus ICW talent and nice little sort of crossover. And yeah. ICW are coming back for the Games of Death in, uh, in I think, May. So, yeah. It's that's quite surprising. If you can sell out four shows in a row like that, um, that tells you there's a demand there. I, I know um, Franco Vargas, uh, an independent wrestler I've been following for a few years now, um, mm. but he mentioned the fact that he, the, the year I met him, he said, I just came back from Blackpool. And then the years since that, he's been going regularly to uh, to Preston. I, I can't remember the name of the organization there. But it seems like the, the fact that independent wrestlers, there's enough of a demand that they can fly people over from America to England to put on those shows, not just once, like year after year after year. It, mm. That's got to be a good thing. Oh, absolutely. And it's, uh, it's Preston City Wrestling. Ah, that's the one. Um, that's but, the one. If it was multiple choice, I would have got it. But I just can't yeah. remember off the top of my head. But, um, you know, north of uh, the same night that all the ICW NHB crew were in Leeds, uh, north had Ali Catch yeah. and, War- and Warhorse. Mm. And it's the second time Warhorse has been over in a year. They've had Effie. Love um, Warhorse. Yeah, it's awesome. It was Warhorse versus Amir Jordan. Yeah, uh, the weekend just gone. So yeah, it's great to see all the impact, uh, imports coming over and, and the demand for it. It, it is thriving, and, and in particular, like it's nice to see the Yorkshire scene getting getting back on its feet. Oh, yeah. um, where I am, because it, it's taken a little while. Because um, a lot of where I'm from is um, sort of some of the poorer parts of uh, of the UK, but mm-hmm. we're still finding a way to make wrestling work. Yeah, yeah. Um, this could easily be a, a bad cop moment for me next week, but I'm going to just use it right now. Um, Ali Catch was actually wrestling in DC this weekend for the first time in, I think, about four or five years, and mm. I did not go. It, it was the last show, and it was just, I was like, I got too much on this week. I was like, I've already been to... College baseball just started, which my son, youngest son's really into. And I, I enjoy going. I'm not going to say I don't enjoy going to. And something had to give. And it was like, yeah, I, I'm not going. I, I can't go. So I missed it. But I know it's going to be on IWTV. So I'll renew my subscription and I'll, I'll get to watch that one online. But yeah, I did go in person. I'm not sure what's going to happen. It's um, I know it was the last show that they're going to do. So I'm not sure what's going to happen for wrestling in this area. I know we still have flying V fights who put on shows, mm-hmm. uh, but outside of them, yeah, I don't know. It's um, it's kind of a little. Yeah, that's one of my favorites. Like yeah. when we went to Nova Pro, um, like she was just starting at that point, and the crowd loved her. Like you could just tell that. Like how could you not warm to that? And then now she's just yeah, just a kick-ass wrestler. It's awesome yeah. to see. Yeah. In my experience, there'll always be sort of phoenix rising from the ashes you know especially yeah. especially with the the sort of the well-documented dark days of british wrestling where the scene was kept alive barely kept on life support all those years and then we had another boom period and then obviously we've had covid and and speaking out which which the latter needed to happen um but now we're seeing again a rise and and not a perfect environment, but a much better environment than it was before. So, yeah. even though there's things sort of going going down in the, in your area, hopefully it'll uh, something will rise up as it always does. Certainly hope so. Certainly hope so. Now, for my wild card, um, I didn't have anything in mind when originally we said we would would we would do this. 
However, something presented itself, and it quickly became obvious that this would be my wild card. This was something that when I saw it first on eBay, I was like, oh my god. I was like, that's amazing. Like, I didn't even know this existed. I was like, I got to have this. And then a feed on Chain Wrestling that was talking about sequels. And I happened to mention the fact that Rocky Four was an amazing film. And I think you agreed with me on this. And this is where you can throw your co-host under the bus. Um, <laughs> Rob mentioned that Rocky Three was way better. So let me show you what my wild card is. And I figured out I had my background on blur. That's why you couldn't see anything. So I've taken the blur off so you can actually you can actually see now. So I have um, a card, um, Alan and Ginter, I think they're called. Uh, yeah, yeah, Alan and Ginto. And it's Drago. And when I saw this was this was like a random lot of different cards. And I saw this in the corner. I'm like, that's Drago. And when I looked online, they're worth like six, seven, eight dollars. Like it was quite a lot. I paid less than that for the whole lot. And when it came through, I was like, okay, there's gonna be something not legit card. So obviously somebody didn't realize these were as collectible as they are. And I did look, you can actually get several of these. You can get um Rocky Balboa, you can get Apollo Creed, uh, you can get uh oh gosh, who is it? Um coming Mr. T's character's name right now. My mind is just Club Lang. Oh, Bubba Lang. Uh, Club of Lang. Club yeah. of Lang's there. And the Hulk Hogan character, Loose Lips or something. I, there's like, yeah, there's like five in the series, but this seemed like the perfect time. Like, this is not a traditional card. Like, I don't collect boxing cards at all, but I definitely wanted to make an exception for Drago. And um, I was curious as I was looking afterwards, because we kind of, I think we were in a minority in saying that Rocky Four was the best film um, over Rocky Three. But I did look a at the, the ratings just to actually check, because obviously that's, we could just be way out on this one. So Rocky won 8.1. Like, it, it's a classic. I understand why. Um, at the time, it was... It was very revolutionary um, and, and unique. But going forwards, if I have to pick one to watch, I'm not picking Rocky 1. Um, it does tell a great starting story. Rocky 2, 7.3. Rocky 3, 6.8. Uh, Rocky 4, 6.8 as well. So actually, most people are saying Rocky 3 and Rocky 4. Because I know one of their arguments was, I think it was Rob who put the argument for, but it's uh, Mickey dies in Rocky 3. I was like, Apollo Creed dies in Rocky Four. That was far more shocking to me. He's a young guy. Like, Mickey was, I don't know what age he was, but it wasn't a big surprise when he finally died. Like, I understand why you'd consider it shocking. Um, not surprisingly, the lowest film in the series was Rocky Five, 5.3. That film is absolutely dire. I remember going to the cinema. I won tickets to go see that. And I was like, great. I love Rocky. Oh, my God. I just wanted to leave. It was uh, dire. Uh, Balboa got 7.1. Creed 1 got 7.6, Creed 2 got 7.1, and Creed 3 is coming out, I believe, next month. So yeah. of the Rocky films, apparently Rocky 4 is the next-to-worst one. Uh, yeah. Rocky 5 is the worst one, and then Rocky 4 and Rocky 3 are supposedly the next-worst ones. Um, but for me, it's a top-ten film of all time. Um, it's it's totally over the top, um, but I, it's one I, if I had an hour and a half to kill, and I want to put something on. It's a fun film. I never tire of watching Rocky Four. Also, you're really going to believe Marks on the internet. <laughs> See, I don't really care what the um, the popular people think. I, I, that's what the majority think. But I'm not oh, interested. Rob. So, because I know one of the films I know everybody loves and I hate, and I know it won an Oscar, and for me, it's one of the worst ten films of all time. Uh, was Fargo? Like, I, I just it. I watched it and I was like, this is stupid. 
And then I remember when we first moved to North Carolina, there was a group of teachers together and we went to the video store. This tells you how old this is. And they're trying to pick one out. And they were like, oh, let's take Fargo. Let's watch that. I was like, I'm not staying. I was like, if you rent that, I am leaving. And they're like, what are you talking about? It's a great film. I was like, I hate that film. It's the dumb. And they rented it and I left. I was like, I don't care. I'm not. So I don't. Yeah, I and I have some very unpopular. If you think Rocky Four is an unpopular pick, I think I mentioned in the thread uh, that I have Hudson Hawk in my top 10 films of all time as well. Now, I know it's clearly not a top 10 film of all time, but it's one that I like. And from your from your facial expression, I'm guessing that's one that you've not even heard of. It's a Bruce Willis action comedy. Everybody hated it because it was after Die Hard and they thought it was supposed to be an action film. And they're like, but this has laughs in it. And it's deep. And I was like, that's the appeal of it. That's the exact appeal of it. It's not what you expect it to be. It did really well in Europe, as they love to say on the director's edit, but it did terrible in the. I think I've only met one other person who even likes that film. Sounds like a challenge. I'd be up for it. Um, but, you know, I feel like Sally on Chain Wrestling. I ain't seen it. <laughs> Yeah. No, most people <laughs> have it. Again, like most I feel people the have. same way about He was Alien a petty three. thief. He used to steal art paintings. That 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 was oh. but he got out of jail and he went back into his old habits. But it was I thought it was I thought it was very funny. But hey. Fair enough. I, I feel I, I like Alien Three and Alien Resurrection and those films are universally shat upon from a great height. Mm-hmm. Um but Alien Three, you, you look at the great sort of some of the great cast in that and to bring it back to wrestling. Brian Glover's in it, who wrestled as Leon Harris in the world of sports days. So, uh-huh. and you know, you got Charles Dance and and Pete Postlethwaite, and I can't remember his name now, but the guy who played Moxie and Alfredo's in Pet, and it's, it's, it's getting late. <laughs> it, it, it is getting late. Hey, we should probably go ahead. I'm, I want to give, first of all, I want to thank you, Dan, for enlightening me and uh, kind of stretching this way out. Now, the wider we get the broad for this, I think the better it's going to be. But I like being taken out of my comfort zone. I like learning about new things. I got some cool collectible cards that I didn't know anything about. So I want to thank you for doing that. But please go ahead. I know you've mentioned some of your podcasts casually there, but please give, give us the more give us a more formal rundown. Well, thank you for having me on, mate. It's, I never thought I'd get a chance to ramble on about uh, about Yu-Gi-Oh! And I never, I, to be honest, I don't know if I'd ever ever bought these ICW and Rise trading cards if uh, if this didn't give me the little push, because they are very cool merchandise. Oh, then they're, they're nice. They look really cool. This is because I would put the feel good, like the feel high quality. Mm-hmm. So, but anyway, back to the plugs. Uh, if you want to hear more of me, uh, you can. I'm actually first following. Uh, this is the third podcast in a row where I've cocked up my own outro. <laughs> I don't do any editing either of this. I'm too lazy. Ah, I don't. It's all staying. Yeah, you're, talk, you're talking to someone who once got drunk and fired down a microphone on a podcast and it was left in. I really do not care. Um, <laughs> if you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm on there at Dan Griffin21, usually tweeting about wrestling that's six weeks out of date on movies that are 25 years out of date. If you want to hear me, uh, I co-host Unbooking the Territory with the aforementioned UTT Rob, who will always be wrong about Rocky 3 being better than Rocky 4. Uh, we talk about the first and last of professional wrestling, and in season one, we looked at the Monday Night Wars, split with the highest and lowest rated episodes uh, by booking period. And we have a side project called Unbooking the Tankatory, where we look at the life and times, the trials and tribulations, match by match, of the legitimate the hardest man who ever lived, Mr. David Tank Abbott, and our pod kids, uh, the one man's meet uh, podcast boys, Scottish Danny and Chris, uh, do uh, do tank talks for us where he's just there chatting. Uh, so thank you very much for that, boys. And 
Last but not least, I'm on the Doctor Who pod with Sarah Powell over on the SJP World Media Network, where we're just coming to the end at time of recording of season three. We look at one episode or serial per Doctor per series, uh, seeing what lands for me as a modern Who fan with the classic stuff and vice versa for Sai as a classic Who fan with the modern stuff. Uh, we have started getting guests on. And it's just a fun time with two blokes talking about a mad alien in a blue box so come along and i do make it my uh, my mission every week to try and crack side as much as possible so if you if you listen through and if nothing else just go to the end of the hour takes relatable moment <laughs> that's probably that's my main aim on good cop bad cop now yeah just mess with that <laughs> as much as possible <laughs> i have some wrestling in, interspersed with it but now that's that's pretty much it yeah. once again dan thank you very much mm-hmm.